When you think of kingdom, when I think of the kingdom, um, I think of King Arthur. And when I think of King Arthur, I think of a movie that came out in the 90s. I know I'm dating myself a little bit. Um, but it was called First Night. And this movie, First Night, had Sean Connery, Michael Douglas, and Ben Cross. Like, I mean, talk about a trio. Uh, maybe not their best movie, but one of the things that I love about this is this story is legend. This story um, woos our hearts to go deeper to something that we want that maybe we haven't experienced before. And so much so that I wanted always to be a knight. And coming up— and when I was in fourth grade, we had a medieval times banquet, and I, it was perfect timing. Like, the movie came out, I was like, Mom, please, I want to look like Michael Douglas. And so she made this, like, knight outfit that had the, um, like, shield on the side and all of these, like, like um, little pieces that are shining, shimmering. I walked into the room, and I felt like a million bucks. And I remember, like, the whole time, oh, I just walked around with this aura of, yes. I feel the prestige, the honor, the position, the authority, the service. But then it ended and I came home and I took it off. And, you know, sometimes when you're, like, living into something that's incredible or a great moment, something that you remember, but then after that you feel like that deflatedness that happens. Like, I felt that. And you know what I think about when we talk about kingdom, when it comes to, like, the kingdom of God? I think sometimes we have that deflated feeling in our everyday life. Right? When we go to a conference, maybe, when we go to a service that's just really just on fire, and you just feel the Spirit of God in that place, like, if you're like, oh, yes, the kingdom of God is good. This is things of legend. I've heard about this, and now I get to experience it. But what we want to say is that Like Nancy was saying this morning, God had moved in a powerful way and that the kingdom of heaven was here. It's here now. And we as people of God want to participate in this because what we're doing, like in this story, Lancelot is a wanderer. Maybe you're a wanderer. You feel like you're a wanderer in this life of faith. And maybe you just need to be invited in to experience a kingdom that is about compassion, love, mercy, justice, And that's what we're going to explore this morning, is that instead of being a wanderer, choosing to go about this life of faith like Lancelot did in this movie, he just goes, um, King Arthur in this moment with him, as he was introducing him to like the round table, he said, where are you going to go from here? There's two ways out of this door. It's left or right. Which one are you going to choose? And Lancelot goes, either. It doesn't matter. Everything's a choice of chance. And he's like, well, I hope you choose left because it's the only way out the door. When I pray when you come in this morning as we talk about the kingdom, I pray that we move from a wanderer of someone who just lives life by chance in terms of experience the kingdom as people who sit at the table. The invitation is ready. And so would you join me this morning as we turn to God's word? I'm going to read with us together uh, Matthew chapter 6. We're in the Sermon on the Mount this week um, with, with Nancy. And so this is Matthew chapter 6. So whether you have it um, on your phone or you have it physically, we love to be in the Word together, looking at it together, be centered by God's Word. So let's read this together. Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Pray like this then. Our Father, in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
May your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we just pray for a moment? Can we just pray? I just want to feel like I'm an invitation to God to take this place. So join me in prayer. God, I just pray that in the space between us, whatever we come with, I pray that we would bring it to your altar. We'd bring it with us. God, I pray that whatever baggage we brought in, I pray that you hear our hearts, that we come to you. We come to you with a lot on our plates, a lot in the bags. God, and I pray that we hear from you, that you're not afraid of it, that you say, come, bring your baggage, take up residence in this place. Come have a seat at my table. You are welcome here. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this place and this space. May our hearts continue to be drawn to you. We ask this in your name. Amen. When we talk about the kingdom, I love that Jesus, he's sitting on the side of a hill with thousands of people. And he's teaching them how to pray. He says, pray like this. He's giving them the model. And the thing is that when we pray, we talked about this uh, before, but when we pray, our prayers are a process of transformation from our hearts to his hearts. Like when we understand what it looks like to seek out the kingdom first, above all else, we remember that Jesus brings in the kingdom in our prayer life. That in our prayers, that when we come to the altar, that we are saying, Jesus, I want to come and be conformed and be in process, be in the process of becoming from who I am and to who you are making me to be. That as we seek this kingdom, we have to understand and remember the context. The context of the kingdom is that prayer. That we pray. That we pray his kingdom come. That we're in the process of coming to his feet. So that we might be changed. Like this is what prayer, I love that this section starts when we talk about the kingdom in prayer. Because the process of prayer is changing us. And my thought process in this is, how do we become and live out if we're not praying to Jesus? How are we becoming more like him if we're not in the process of communicating with him, sitting with him, listening to him, hearing from him? It's the process of being a part of the kingdom. If we're not praying, how do we know his heart? How do we know what he, when we say this phrase that we've been saying often, that your kingdom come here in Sammamish as it is in heaven, how do we know what that looks like? Unless we're seeing Jesus' heart in prayer, in communication with him, how do we know what that actually looks like? And so our encouragement is that as we continue to seek out his kingdom come here in Sammamish, as it is in heaven, my encouragement is we got to pray. we got to pray consistently. But not only do we have to pray, but we have to understand as we have come to this prayer, how many is this really familiar with you? Like if you're online, this is maybe really familiar. Like I was taught this in children's church, Sunday school, right? Youth group, we talked about it. 
college, we talked about seminary, we talked about it. Here in church, we talk about this, this Lord prayer. If, we, if you're playing, if you're praying and you don't know how to pray, this is often where we go to. And this is the same thing Jesus, like, heard from his disciples. Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he says, pray like this. And we become sometimes so familiar with the words, but Jesus' words are never by chance. They're intentional. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This word kingdom is what we want to understand. What does it mean? And one of the things that I think is really important about this kingdom is how much it is in contrast with what is happening both in medieval times and even today. Is that the popular part, even when Jesus is saying this, like when is Jesus saying this? Who, who, is, who is empowerment over them? An empire. An empire is ruling over them, and instead of saying, my empire, like, Jesus, your empire come here on earth as it is. Like, Jesus is not about an empire. As his people are currently being occupied by an empire, he's saying, we are going to be a kingdom. Because empires, empires rule over fear. They rule over you that you are subordinate to them. They rule over fear, over power of force. Whether it's military or political force, they are enslaving you by fear. Empires not only do that, but they seek to control you through that fear. They seek to control what you do, where you go, and how you do it through fear. Empires scheme. People scheme to collect powers from those who are currently in power. Right? How many times in the Roman Empire did it overthrow by new emperors coming, by collecting power, by scheming against the one who is in power? Right? Empires are also the things that include people, like the inclusion of people and how it grows is not by invitation, but by takeover. That people being included, that Jewish people are included right now in the Roman Empire because they've been taken over. They've been enslaved. They've been occupied. But Jesus, in this moment, speaking to the people who are in reality living underneath an empire, says, my kingdom come. My will be done. That kingdom that Jesus is talking about is going to be defined not by one by fear, but by freedom. That the way that people get included into the kingdom is not by force, but by invitation. That the kingdom is not about scheming your way to places of importance or power, but it's by serving one another. That the kingdom then will be defined by love, by welcoming, by serving. This is the kingdom that we're talking about. That the culture of the kingdom is matched by the character of the king. But the way that you and I live in the kingdom and today as followers of Jesus should match the character of our king. That it is so good. That it is so righteous. It is so just. It is so welcoming. It's so loving. That a culture creates out of this king who loves on his people, loves on his citizens, that it becomes a part of the very DNA of which we live, move, and breathe. If this is the culture that matches the character, then how do we live fully in this? 
I think we say his kingdom come in Sammamish. That in that phrasing that Jesus says, we often skip over, and we have been skipping over for the last few weeks, but I was convicted, convinced, like this week, that you don't throw out, your will be done. And you know that really hit me? You know where that hit me? My son and I on Friday— uh, Friday morning, sometimes, uh, and, and I try to most times, is to have a little date day with my son. And we went to Costco. Ugh, right? Glorious. At lunchtime, so what do you do? You go get lunch. And when we went there, I was like, Stephen, uh, we're going to have lunch together. And he's like, where? Costco. And he's like, <gasps> right? Because what we do when we went up there is um, they have both amazing hot dogs and pizza. But instead of just like asking what he wants, what we did is we went up and we bought a hot dog and a pizza. And I said, which one do you want? And he's like, the pizza. I was like, that's fine, because I'm totally satisfied with that, with that hot dog. And as we began to eat, um, and just people watch, that's the thing that I love to do, uh, is people watch while we're eating or just being around. But then what happened is something like, God doesn't do anything by chance. It's not coincidence that all of a sudden, as we're watching, this individual who's already ordered comes up, and I watch him move up towards the counter, and he says, hey, can I see a manager? And you know, most of us, if you've ever been in service industry, your heart starts to get anxious. You're like, <laughs> like, what's about to happen, right? Do I need to start filming, like, this big interaction that happens today? But in my heart, I was like, oh, I was not, like, anxious. I was like, ooh, what's about to happen? Like, I was, like, so glad that Stephen was all about that pizza so I could just be like, uh-huh, yeah. And so as I watch him, and this manager comes up, and he's like, hi, sir, how can, how can I help you? And this manager goes, hey, I— I don't know if you know this, but I have a suggestion. And you know if you've ever heard that as a manager, you're like, oh. <laughs> And I didn't hear the rest of the suggestion because uh, a couple of people came up and started ordering. And so it was like, I was having a hard time, but I was watching the manager's face. And the manager's like, uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can see it in his face. He's like, deep breaths, deep breaths. Deep breaths. Good customer service. Good experience, right? That's what we're cultivating here. And then the man finally ends, and the gentleman says, you know what? We've actually thought about that. We've actually thought about it, and we've actually tried that a number of times, but you know what happens? It's actually a nightmare. And I just, like, inside, I, just, I started chuckling, and I had to hold it in, right? That mocha freeze needed to be swallowed and not spit out in the moment of everybody. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, oof. But then as I like, started like come back from not choking, like the Holy Spirit said and spoke into that moment and said, man, Austin, we are more like that than you know. Like when we come to the kingdom of God, when we come in our relationship with Jesus, I wonder how many times of us like we come up to Jesus and you're like, hey, Jesus, come here. And then Jesus walks over and you're like, hey, Jesus, you know, I was thinking that your kingdom would be a lot cooler and be more attractive if you did this. Like, if we changed out the carpet, or if you, Jesus, if you painted it a different color, or you really said, like, this tagline was going to define, like, your kingdom, man, my friends could probably be more interested in this, right? Or my, my friends will think you're, you're somebody worth, like, coming to church with me or to be a part of this. Like, sometimes we, so many times when we come to the kingdom of God, like, we're people that are like, hey, Jesus, I got a suggestion. But one of the things that I've noticed so much is that in that, we have a king whose character is one of compassion, one of patience, one of mercy, one of gentleness, that as he listens to us, 
Like one of the things that I know is that gentle answer is like, Austin, I totally hear you on this. I totally hear that it might be easier if it was this way. It might be easier if the tagline of faith was this. But everything that I've experienced says that it might be a good idea, but the kingdom, when operated by Jesus, when operated by the king, those good ideas fade away for what is best and better. Like, because, and I've lived that out. The story that we lived, when I think like, man, Jesus, do you really know what you're doing? Like, what if you did it this way? It might be better. Every time that I've existed and operated within the kingdom of that mindset, I come away feeling like what I did when I took off the costume in Lancelot. I feel flat, deflated. But the moment that I come to Jesus and I say, you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. I've always come away saying, man, that story played out better than I could have ever written it. And this is what happens in the kingdom. This is why it's in that prayer. This is why we pray. Because when we say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come, your will, not mine, it always turns out better than I ever dreamed or imagined. It doesn't mean that in that moment, your suggestion, it doesn't come from a place of real, man, it hurts. This is hard. But as I lean into the kingdom culture, the character of Jesus, it always returns out better than I ever thought it could. And so when we say, when we come and pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come here in Sammamish, what we want to be about. We want to be a part of the kingdom that says it's his kingdom, his values made flesh. And I thought, hey, we should end our time. And if you get to know me, one of the things that you'll know is that I am a doer. I like doing things. I always like being out and about, going and doing things, doing things with people, having fun, being a part of gatherings, of going together, experiencing things together. Like our Fridays and Saturdays are always like, what are we? Getting? who's coming over? Or what are we doing as a family? I love doing it. I have a hard time just resting in my being. And so I thought, man, what if it looked like we charged ourselves to go out and start living out the kingdom? But here's the thing. How can you go out living the kingdom if we don't know or believe the values of the kingdom? How, how can we go out and actually live and say, man, I'm a part of the kingdom of God that looks like this? But we don't even know or believe, really, if it's true. And I was going to say, it's like, man, here's the ways that we're going to go out as finally coming to church, and we're going to do, we're going to live out these kingdom cultures, and we're going to, like, oh, the world's going to be set on fire. But I know sitting in this place, sitting in this space, that sometimes maybe some of us aren't even convinced that the kingdom actually is worth our time. Or that the king is who he says he is. And if we're sitting in that place, how can we, can, how can we go out and do if we don't even believe who the king says he is? And as I was sitting this week, I was looking in our living room at this wall hanging that we had bought, that I bought for my wife uh, for Mother's Day after Ellie had been born. And as I was sitting, writing and processing and hearing Jesus speak into the service, into the word this weekend, I realized that these 
are often what we've talked about with our kids' family values. These are the things that when we talk about and they see our family values. I think actually when they marketed it, this is like the family, family values wall hanging from Magnolia. So we bought it. But then I realized this week that as we've been talking to our kids, that our values are not just our values to create little good appropriate minions that walk out and represent us well and don't embarrass us. Actually, my values are my kingdom values. Like our values as a family match up the kingdom culture and characteristics that match up with the king. I just want to go through a couple of these with you to help you understand the values and who the king is. One of the things that we've really been in a run into is telling the truth in our family. Right? Kids are getting old enough where you're like, hey, did you do that? No. And you're like, did you eat that chocolate donut? No. As chocolate is all over your face, right? Saving it for later. But here's the thing. When we talk about our family values of telling the truth, it's not just so that you don't lie. It's the kingdom of God. When you enter into it, it tells you the truth. It tells you the truth about who you are. That you are a beloved child of the Most High King. That you, as we talked about, are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you are, in Ephesians, Paul calls, his masterpiece. That you are the one that he will run after when you have gone away out of the kingdom. When you have left the kingdom, when you have you chosen over your own free will, that this is the king who tells the truth that says, I will come after you because you mean that much. I will leave the people in my kingdom and go after you. That even if you come to me and you scorn me and say, hey, Jesus, I want my inheritance. I want my blessings in full right now. And I'm going to leave. That the moment that you go and you spend and you do whatever you do and you come back feeling empty, that the father, the king, runs out of the kingdom after you to welcome you back in. You need to hear the truth. The gospel. That he says, when he looks upon you, that you are his beloved. You are good. You are worthy of love. Not by what you do, but because of who you are and whose you are. The gospel tells you the truth in the kingdom. But it also, when you think about like, how does the kingdom, what does it look like when it says that we're to smile? Like our faces, a lot of times we love to laugh and we love to smile. But how is that a kingdom value? And I kept thinking about this. You know what changed me about this? Is that often when we interact with Jesus, I wonder if this is your interacting with Jesus or God. That if Jesus was to walk in this room and walk by you, what do you feel his facial expression would be? Would it be one of disappointment and how maybe you've lived your life or some of the choices that you've made? Would it be of a place of just like, oh, why are they here? Or of anger because you are living in defiance maybe to who he is? The thing that's really marked me and changed me was the moment that I went from feeling like God was looking at me always in disappointment for what I had done is that he would walk in the room and smile because he wants to be in my presence. And when he walks in the room and he sees me, he lights up. 
because he utterly cherishes me. That he doesn't invite me in just to put me at a kid's table, but he invites me to sit next to him. That he leans in and smiles because he wants to hear my day. He wants to hear about my life. That we have a king who absolutely lights up when he sees us. That is the hope. The hope is that I don't have a God that looks at me in utter shame, utter disappointment. But he looks at me, he walks in the room, and his face lights up because he is so excited to be in the presence with me. Not because of what I've done, what I've left undone, because I'm his child, and I'm his son. And he is absolutely, utterly in love with me. Do you see a God who looks at you and smiles? Does that change you? To think that the God of the universe that created everything looks upon you and goes, There's nowhere else I'd rather be than here with you. Dang. And that's why I smile. Because it changed me. The world doesn't have the final word on my value. He does. Love. This one. I have a father when everything feels too weighted. He says, lean back into my arms. Put your head on my chest. Lean back into the loving arms of a wonderful father. One that says, come with me of all of your baggage and your heavy burdens. Sit with me. And as you lean against me, I will start to take off that weight and that heavy burden. That I'll begin to pull off the things that you are carrying that you have never meant to carry. And then as you do that, as I'm able to finally lift off the weight that you've been carrying— that you feel the release of the pressure, and as you start to breathe, I have now access to your heart. Then in all the ways you feel disappointed, hurt, broken, that God loves and comes and begins to mend the heart that is broken. That his love for you is not defined by what you do, but by who you are. That even before you decide to make a choice to, I think Jesus might be who I really like and am interested and want to have a relationship, before you even make that, he's the one that moves first towards you. if you've not figured out if I truly love you, but maybe I just like you, Jesus says, I'll wait for you. I'm not going to force you to love me. I'm not going to force you to follow me. But I'll sit with you. I'll journey with you. I'll walk with you. I won't leave you behind. That when you feel like I have left you and that you are all alone, I will remind you of how close I am. That I am not a distant God, but that I am one of proximity. That when everybody else forsakes you, when friends, work, neighbors, 
when everybody leaves you, I'm right here. Even when you betray my love, there's nothing that says I want an out. There's nothing that says I want to leave. Church, we have a father that is absolutely, utterly in love with you. That as you sit here right now, he's not excited because you've shown up to church. Can I say that again? He's not excited and cherishing you because of your attendance record. He is absolutely, utterly in love because he made you. He knows you. And he has a seat for you in his family. If we want to be people about the kingdom, if we want to go and mark and change the world, you need to know who the king is of this kingdom. You need to be able to sit in the truth and the fact that when he walks in the room, he smiles at you. He tells the truth about who you are. And that my prayer for us for whatever you need to sit in here to believe it, how long you need to sit in here and to believe it, how long it takes for you years to believe it, that before you start participating and creating this kingdom come here in Sammamish as it is in earth, as it is in heaven, I pray we would know, who, know it before we start doing it. we're going to do some damage if we don't know it. We're going to go and experience life with other people. And if we don't truly know who this king is and that the character of this king, we're going to do it our way. And we're going to mess some people up. We're going to jack their lives up. We need to sit and know who the king is. We need to know him so that when people get near to us, we look like the king. We remind them that we are not the king, but we look a whole lot like him. So church, I don't know what it, ne- what it means for you. I don't know what you need to hear today. But he smiles over you. He is delighted you right now right here in this space and in this place to him be the glory forever and ever may his kingdom come in Sammamish as it is in heaven now receive this benediction so maybe you put your hands out. Like we're talking about a lot of our hands out to receive. And I think we're just in a season of, man, we've been worn out and we need to receive. May the Jesus, may the King who goes behind you, who knows where you've been, that still says you're welcome here. May Jesus the King go beside you as a traveling partner for whoever you meet. May you reflect 
his love, his grace, his mercy, his kindness. The God, that the king who goes before us would be beneath you. That you would stand firm on the worth that he has placed in you. That you don't have to do any improvements or work on the foundation. It is good. May he go above and above you, guiding your path, protecting you, watching over you as a gentle king. God, and may he go in you to move, to speak, to transform your heart. That it's not our will, but your will. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.